Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Orange Nation on ESPN Radio Syracuse, Utica, Rome, Stephen Fonte, Mario Sacco. With me, Jordan Capose here, artist of the day, David Crosby, passed at the age of 81. This one's long time gone. The 1969 protest anthem was featured in the opening of the Woodstock documentary off of the debut Crosby, Stills, and Nash album. Jordan makes our lives easier when, yeah, when it yeah. comes to the artist of the day. He does all the great, uh, great work the on leg the work research on the uh, on the information. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's bring on our next guest, uh, Tim Leonard, joining us, uh, voice of the SU women, as we have back to back guests here on the show. And uh, you know, Tim, uh, looking at last night's loss, sixty nine fifty seven. I hate to to start the interview in a negative way, but um, is it is it fair to say that was the first bad loss of the year? Um, you know, all the other ones, I think you could you know. You can live with, and and this team that was on the bubble certainly couldn't afford a, a loss to a, a subpar team, and uh, unfortunately, it happened last night. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair to say it's the worst loss of the season, probably to this point. It's disappointing because they had just sort of gotten to the bubble, and ESPN unveiled their latest bracketology on Monday. They were next four out. Syracuse was so kind of one of those teams that's hovering on the outside of the bubble, so to speak, and then. They've updated the bracketology this morning after the loss, and of course you're not going to stay there after you lose to a team like Georgia Tech. But I think Georgia Tech's better than their record indicates. I mean, they were picked to finish ahead of Syracuse in the ACC preseason poll. They definitely have some talent. It felt like going in that it was kind of a trap game, and maybe that's a little bit of a hindsight bias, but you've got Duke coming up next. They're the ACC leader. They're the nationally ranked team on the road at Cameron Indoor Stadium. So, that was the type of game that you were kind of eyeing a little bit. And Georgia Tech was hungry for a win. They were due for a win. They're a talented team that plays good defense. And that was kind of the issue last night. Syracuse just couldn't get anything going offensively for the second straight game now in the fourth quarter. SU shot less than 35% in that basketball game. They haven't won down there since 2015, uh, February 8th, 2015, uh, against Georgia Tech. Tim, uh, looking at last night's game, and it's been an underlying theme for this SU team in conference play. Poor fourth quarters. Uh, once again, outscored by 11 points in their last three losses in the fourth quarter. Each game, they've been outscored by 11 points. Uh, what What is the solution to that? Yeah, I mean, I think in the losses, it's been letting it go in the fourth quarter. They've also had some games, I guess, where in crunch time, they've been solid. To me, this team plays so much better when they're playing up-tempo and they're playing in transition, they're getting steals, they, they lead the ACC right now in steals per game, they're right up there in the country, going into last night, they were 23rd in the nation in pace or possessions per 40 minutes, and Georgia Tech was one of the slowest teams in the country, and Georgia Tech was one of those teams that had struggled on offense throughout the year, and they didn't need a ton of offense last night because they're a defensive-minded team that slowed the game down, made it ugly, there were a lot of fouls, pretty physical game, throughout and it feels like Syracuse they're not going up against the Duke team on Sunday that is a very similar mold where they've held teams to less than 50 points in conference play several times this year they have one of the best defenses in the nation and that's what led has led Duke to being kind of a surprise team so far across the country to this point so for the Orange it's going to be trying to find ways to kind of get the game to their style and get the game to their tempo. And that's probably by getting some steals, getting active in their matchup zone, leading to some transition buckets. It's not really true to what Coach Jack's DNA was at Buffalo. Her team sort of prided themselves on defense. And I think Syracuse has the makings of 
being a good defensive team, and they've certainly improved over the course of the season as they've sort of learned the principles of the defense more. But when they went on their three-game win streak before dropping the last two games, they scored more than 80 points in those three games, and they were three double-figure wins in the league where they were playing up and down the court and playing in tempo, which is the way they want to play do you think last night was a case of, you know, you mentioned the Duke game on Sunday. Was it a trap game? Did, did they fall victim to, to looking ahead a little bit last night, in your opinion? Yeah, and look, I, I think you could make a case now that the Duke win in, in the spot that Duke is in. You know, Duke just played their rival in North Carolina. They just dropped their first game in conference play. So I guess they'll be hungry to bounce back in a sense. But their next game is Virginia Tech, a nationally ranked team. So Syracuse is finding Duke kind of in between two nationally ranked teams. I think you went into this road trip and you viewed, okay, you're playing, quote-unquote, the worst team in the ACC in the standings and the best team in the ACC. Maybe you were expecting a one-on-one road trip going in. You can still make it a one-on-one road trip and pick up a ranked win in the process. And it feels like they're in need of a couple signature wins to actually get themselves from outside the bubble to inside the bubble. They're going to get their opportunities. It felt like they were kind of due and knocking on the door. You know, they've been close against Louisville, been close against NC State, Notre Dame, some of the better teams in the conference they've played so far. So I would not rule them out against Duke because I feel like, in a sense, now they might be even more hungry to come come out after losing to Georgia Tech. But I think you're right, Steve. I think there definitely was some trap game vibes to last night and just a tough spot. I mean, Georgia Tech is 0-7 in the league going into last night, but I think anyone would have told you that that's a little misleading. They were playing some of their better basketball this season. They had just led Duke at halftime in the game before Syracuse. So it was that combined with the fact that I think it was just a tough matchup for Syracuse when you factor in that Georgia Tech slowed the game down and played a little bit more physical. Tim, last night, DeAsia Fair, 19th straight game in double figures. She had 17 points. Her and Tisha Hyman combined for 14 out of the 23 field goals in that basketball game. Where does the other scoring for this team need to come from if is going to be able to pull off a win uh, at Cameron Indoor on uh, later this week? Well, I think Georgia Woolley would be the third scorer, and last night she didn't play her best game. She only played 17 minutes and did not play at all in the fourth quarter after kind of struggling out of the gate. So, She's been kind of that third option. She's cooled off since she had a couple back-to-back 20-point games early in the season, but I think that is a key going forward, Mario, is just trying to find that third option for Syracuse. And also, you know, DeAsia and Tisha are putting up numbers, but DeAsia's been certainly getting a little bit more efficient as the season has progressed. I think Tisha Hyman is trying to figure out her role as a point guard this season. You know, she was the go-to player last season, was always kind of the score-first option for Syracuse. That's how she's been throughout her Syracuse career. Now she's got DeAsia as the off-ball player, and it feels like sometimes it's a little bit of, all right, I'll take this one, you take that one, and they're trying to figure out the chemistry and working in tandem together. And it's just a different role for Tisha this season, playing on the ball more, being the floor general, bringing the ball up, being – the point guard that's looking to pass first and not necessarily just be a scoring option. I mean, she is the scoring option. She'll always be that, but it feels like she has to get used to being kind of the true point guard as well. Kind of similar, I guess, to, you know, Joe Girard when he got going at Syracuse and was starting out his Syracuse career. I think this is a different role that Tisha's had to play this season because the Asia in theory is a little bit smaller, maybe she would be the point guard, the one that brings it up, but it feels like DeAsia is more of a scorer than Tisha, so I think they're trying to work out that chemistry in the backcourt, and 
make sure that they're getting everyone else involved. And last night they just couldn't really find any offense, and it ended up with a lot of late shot clock, Tisha off the dribble or Deja off the dribble, and their shots just weren't falling last night. Tim, how should fans of the the women's program feel? Because you know, going into this season, there was you know new coaching staff, so many new players. Expectations weren't that high when you look at you know the ACC preseason poll for whatever that's worth. Um, it, and then it you know it seems like to this point maybe they've overachieved to some degree. The fact that we're even talking about the bubble with this with this team in year one, I think that that's an achievement. But you know, because they overachieved, it's almost like expectations changed, and now fans want to see them get into the tournament, and and it, and it might right. be too early for that. So I guess how how would you recommend SU fans kind of look at at this this first season with Felicia Leggett Jacket as a whole and where they are right now? I think it's still an overwhelming success to this point. I think you're right, Steve. You have to put things in perspective. Their goal going into the season was the NCAA tournament, and that is what Coach Jack has maintained from kind of day one of taking the job, is she wants to play her better games in the later part of the season, and they want to be a factor in March. They still could be, and I don't know. I mean, we'll see if they get to that point. The loss last night certainly stings, so it feels like, you know, coming off a loss like that, it's it's one of the lower points of the season, so to speak, but there's a lot of time to pick up a couple signature wins, and overall, being around the team, I think everyone is very excited about the future. Everyone's having a lot more fun this season. It's been a good vibe, and I would say if you're a fan of the program, this season has been a success, regardless of kind of how it finishes from here. And I wouldn't rule them out as maybe making a run towards the NCAA tournament still, because there's still time. And like I said, if you go beat Duke on Sunday, it's almost like you negate the loss to Georgia Tech in a sense, and you're kind of back to where you are. And they're probably in one of the next four out ranges on ESPN Bracketology again. And it's still January, so you still got time to pick up some wins. Yeah, spot on. Uh, all right, so uh, noon tip on Sunday. Big opportunity. Cuse on the road uh, at Duke. We'll have the game for you right here on ESPN Radio and on the TV side of things. It's on the ACC Network. Tim, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, enjoy the time away. Have a good broadcast, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. Always fun. Talk to you soon. All right. Uh, Tim Leonard, voice of the SU women. And with that, we'll take another time out. We'll uh, wrap up hour number one on the other side of this break. You're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio.